welcome to Witch Witch Podcast. I'm Galena. I'm Lyra. Welcome to the darkness. <laughs> so, welcome back. It's been a little while since we've uploaded anything. Um, I'm actually going to go ahead and apologize for that. It's partially because of me. Um, the last thing we recorded, we're having some issues with it, not... What's the word? being corrupted. There we go. <laughs> I started that sentence wrong. But yeah, um, I still have the original file. I'm going to try it again, see what we can do. Uh, it just needs some editing and some cutting, and every time I do that, it messes it up. So, I don't know. We're going to try it at least one more time. Um, it was a fun segment to record, because it was like an hour or so of just the four of us hanging out and talking, sort of giving you guys uh, an update on what's going on with us. Um, so I'd really like to get that out to you. We'll work on it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. But from now on, we are going to aim for our regular two episodes a month. However, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Yeah, we're definitely dealing with some stressful stuff outside of the pandemic, even at this point. Um, so we're not going to you know, kill ourselves too much to try and meet a schedule. We're going to try and at least get you an episode every two weeks. Um, maybe not promise, we might not promise like a specific day. It'll be a, a, about two weeks. Yeah. We'll try to like about every 14 days or so come out with something new. And I know I was feeling really down about how the podcast was going and we got a really nice message and that really helped. I think all of us. Yeah, it was a very sweet message, which brings us to our shout-outs. We haven't done those in a while. Um, during the pandemic, we've actually had a few people get caught up on the podcast or binge the podcast, and they've reached out. Uh, we got a very fantastic message from Anthony B. from Northern California the other day. It was fantastic. Really enjoyed hearing from him. It was really sweet. It really helped with yes. our motivation issues. You are a witch. If you think Absolutely. you're a fucking witch, you are a witch. 110%. Uh, we had another one. I don't have a specific date, but it has been sometime during this <laughs> pandemic. Brandon M., another lovely person. Uh, Kelly H., and Celeste, all the way from Costa Rica. Wow. I know that's the first person from Costa Rica to reach out to us. Yeah, we have some people in, like, surprising places that pick up our, our podcast. I know. It always surprises me when it's somebody, you know, like, one, outside of our country, and two, just, like, way outside of our country. I know. I'm always surprised. But we love all of you. I'm so happy that you guys have reached out to us. And honestly, even if you think, ugh, whatever, I, I might reach out to them. You don't understand the impact it has on our day. Honestly. Because usually anytime we get a message from anybody, one of us checks it, uh, and then we share it to the group, and we're like, oh my god, look at this. And we all get stupid excited. It's great. But, no. Um, another thing we wanted to do is check in with everybody. Um, through the pandemic, you know, we're, we're holding up pretty well, you know, as best as anybody can do. We're trying to isolate... Um, had a lot of time around the house. We planted a garden, which I think we, we talked about before. 
the heat wave has done terrible, terrible things to our garden. I don't know if it's technically a heat wave. It's just been hot as balls for yeah, so long. Yeah, it's been so hot. My lavender has pretty much died. Our strawberries just started to, like, bury, and the the heat killed them. I know. It was so sad. Uh, the pansies are pretty much dead. I think one of them's still green. Pansies are gorgeous. Absolutely yeah. adorable flowers. They will die if you look at them wrong. Oh, my God. It, one half day without watering, and they were already, like... They all wilted. It's like they fainted. I've been calling them the most dramatic fifth flower I've ever seen because they are. Absolutely. On the other hand, my white sage plant didn't water it for like a week and a half. It grew babies. Mm Mm-hmm. Did very well. I don't understand it. All plants are different. We we really need to, because we even talked about writing out their care needs and like having a schedule and having like a a binder of plans for each plant and then we didn't do that we do Uh, a lot of them are still hanging in there though surprisingly i was surprised that our pepper plants made a comeback i know they've got more peppers on them do they i haven't checked in a couple days i was surprised the uh, our cayenne peppers had the tiniest little peppers on them it was adorable uh, our corn, uh, did corn, like it did yeah, grow corn. Yeah, it, it definitely corn. They're very small. They're small, and our, a big storm knocked all of our stalks over, um, and then we were going to stake them so they could fix themselves, and then another storm beat them into the ground. So... I, and another thing that happened is our grandpa always planted the corn and beans and stuff together Mm -hmm. so I did that well I not I we did that and when the corn got knocked over the second time the beans were big enough to vine all over them so now the corn beans and squash are kind of in one big green mess they're all ground plants now yes but I mean the corn did corn yes um it's they're about cobet size. So that's good. Um, the beans are growing. Yeah, our carrots seem to be doing well, but it's hard yeah. to tell from the surface. It is, it is. We sacrificed one about a week and a half ago. Still too it was, small. It was tiny, but it looked adorable. It was adorable. Got plenty of tomatoes growing right now. Took them a while. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't think they were gonna do anything. The cherry tomato plant, grape tomatoes, I don't know which one they're they are. They're cherry. It just going like gangbusters, my gosh. Oh my gosh, and they're so sweet. They really are. Oh. It's and you can taste a difference when they're fresh off the vine and when they've sat in the kitchen a few days. It's honest to God, and this sounds so dramatic, but it's like you can taste the sunlight in them. It's true though. You can taste the sunlight in them. Um another plant weather doesn't seem to affect marigolds man if you just want to plant a hardy plant that it can get completely dried up and then you water it and it's back the next day yeah and they're growing like bushes out there like oh they're so big oh my gosh it's crazy they've almost completely eclipsed the peppers absolutely our sadly our plum tree has not made it 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 had help yeah 
somebody rode through our property on a four-wheeler and killed the plum tree. Yep, they just ran over them. And they almost killed the apple tree. They did. It was... But we've got, a, we've got a fence up now, so... Finally, it took forever. Yeah. But now nobody can, can ride through the property. If they do, they're going to get a nasty surprise. God, I hope. <laughs> I hope so bad. I hope they get very mildly injured to a point that I don't have to, you know, feel guilty about it. But... <laughs> it would be funny. Yeah. But you're all caught up on the garden, I guess. I feel like that that was longer than any of the segments we have planned. It it was long. Um, probably longer than it needed to be. But, I mean, that's what we've been doing. We've been working. We've put a lot of time and care, and we're just sort of mourning the loss of some of these plants. We've been working and gardening. I actually have a tan. That's shocking. We didn't know it was possible. I know. <laughs> But you know what? When you wear enough sunscreen, anything is possible. I guess that's true. That's not true. <laughs> you know, when I'm out there, I kind of feel like that scene in Blade where uh, Deacon Frost has got, like, just the caked-on sunscreen. <laughs> and he's seeing the sun for the first time. <laughs> Jesus, of course you do. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's been fun. Um, loving it not appreciating the heat as much but I think it's been a fun summer yeah I've enjoyed it it's been a first time in a long time that I haven't just walked outside and been like yeah it's hot I don't know what that noise was (laughs) frustration yeah it was supposed to be frustration but like something grabbed a hold it's fine it works but uh we have a segment coming up at you and we'll be back with that hey Lyra do you know what time it is is it time for Glenna's Goddess Grotto? It is. I'm really impressed I made it over all those G's because I really <laughs> almost fucked up. I honestly, at some point, I'm going to turn a build, like, I'm going to build a building somewhere here. <laughs> and it's going to be my Goddess Grotto. And I'm going to put statues of all of our goddesses in it. I'm saying let's build that uh, greenhouse we're talking about. And we'll just put them in that. Yes. I am all over that. We did definitely take a glass door out of someone's garbage to make a greenhouse with. I mean... It was already garbage. You gotta take with the uniform. The uniform. The uniform. Yes. I thought you were gonna say uniforce. The uniforce. Yes. The universe (laughs) is trying to give you. That's true. But this goddess that I'm getting ready to talk about would absolutely love to be in a greenhouse. Oh, that's true. Because it is Persephone. Everyone's favorite. I love Persephone. Um, Every time a plant grows, I'm like, I am Persephone personified. (laughs) I feel that, though. Because sometimes you get out there and you just, you're feeling very green. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, it happens. I think it's the moment, like, you get your hands in the dirt. Mm-hmm. And you just feel that connection. It's very nice. But, uh, goddess... I'm sorry. Whew, Persephone is one of my favorite kinds of goddesses. She is a goddess of the underworld, death, birth, and regrowth. I like anybody that has duality. It's my fucking jam yeah I, I, I was on about I think I'm having a stroke again might be 
last night <laughs> we were going to re- we were going to record but I don't know what happened I my word order wouldn't work so we put it off in the evening <laughs> um but yeah no she's my jam um little side note before we get into like the actual substance of this segment is you're going to hear some noises in the background. One, you're going to hear fans. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention earlier. Two, our pupper, Fancy, apparently has discovered a slice of pizza. I don't know if it was like this before she found it, but it is just the bread of the pizza. But she's definitely going to chew on it. It's definitely going to make noise. Well, it's still on the paper plate that was thrown away. So I think she's either gotten it out of the garbage or got it off the counter and brought it in here. Either of those is possible. But I just want to warn you guys that that is what is going on. So Persephone uh, is a fertility goddess. I'm going to gloss over her story. I shouldn't, but I'm going to gloss over her story because I feel like it's a very well-known story. Yeah. Um, And every myth or every different writer who writes about her tells her story just a little bit differently um she was a maiden um that basically her goddess aspect is normally of the maiden um she was seen picking flowers with nymphs and i believe artemis and athena they argue about where it happened between all the writers Uh, Some people say it happened on the island of Crete. Um, Some of them say it happened on the island of Sicily. And basically everywhere in, like, the Greco-Roman world, they argue about, no, 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 it actually took place here. It took place near Athens. It took place near this place. So it's, it's hard to say where the myth is set. But basically, Hades fell in love with Persephone. And... Instead of talking to her, he asked her father, Zeus, who was also kind of in love with Persephone, but I mean... Who isn't? Yeah, who isn't, and who did Zeus not lust after? That's fair. Um, so Zeus gave his, appro- his, his approval? Yes. Approval. Approval. His approval, and Hades took, took Persephone and kidnapped her and took her to the underworld. A lot of times when you read the mythology, it's the rape of Persephone, which quite literally means the taking of yeah. Persephone. Persephone? It's all right. We're Persephone. You guys can tell I'm out of practice. Um, so she took he took her down there to be his wife, um, to which her mother, Demeter, lost her fucking shit. Fair. Uh, she caused the world to go into a drought. Um, I'm pretty sure there was like some hellfire and brimstone-esque things that happened. Uh, she searched the whole world. And then she got Hecate to search the underworld. And finally, they realized they were going to have to release Persephone back to her mother. Or else the entire human race was going to die. So they did, but before she left, Hades 
tricked her into eating fruit of the underworld or pomegranates. This is another thing that is argued about how many seeds did she eat. Some people say four, some people say six, some just say she ate half the pomegranate. Hmm. I, I seem to remember the most common one I, I have run into was six, hmm. I believe. So that is why part of the part of the year she stays above ground with Demeter to where the world comes back to life, spring and summer happen. Part of the year she spends with her husband and the world dies and goes into mourning with her mother awaiting her return. Um, another adorable thing is Adonis, another, another cute little story about Persephone, and then I'll, I'll get back to the focus of this, is, um, shoot, I'm trying to remember who Adonis's mother was, I think it was Aphrodite, but I can't remember which goddess off the top of my head right now, put Adonis in a box and gave him to Persephone for safekeeping. She wasn't supposed to open the box, but when she did, she fell in love with him because he was the most beautiful baby she had ever seen. So when his mother came back to retrieve him, Persephone said, no, he's mine. <laughs> they had to go before Zeus and Zeus had to determine what was going to happen. Some people say that they split the time, that he was Persephone's half the year, and he was Aphrodite's the other half of the year. Other things say that he is, he spends three or four months with Persephone, three or four months of the year with his mother, and then the rest on his own. So he's just a baby on his own in the world. To which I just I love Greek mythology. Yeah, because that's that's some buck wild shit right there. Yeah. Just a baby out in the wild. It reminds me of the story from the Bible where the two women were arguing over who the baby belonged to. And Solomon oh, was like, I'm just going to cut him in half. Yeah. But, you know, this one has, I think, a better outcome. You know the baby wasn't actually cut in half, though. No, no, no. It, he wasn't. But, I mean, okay. there was... Both women got some time with the baby. Sure. Because the other woman was grieving, you know? I guess. But... You still, you can't steal someone else's baby. No, you can't. I'm, I'm just not saying. saying steal someone's baby because you're grieving. I'm just saying it, I don't know what point I was trying to make there. <laughs> but, um, she in the triple moon goddess or in the triple goddess aspect, she's considered the maiden. Her mother, Demeter, is the mother. And then Hecate is considered the crone. So it's really cool that's in that pantheon you can do all three it is it's very um, interesting. as the maiden she is core which is literally the girl or the the female child and is shown with a wreath of flowers in her hair carrying wheat and a torch usually the four-pronged torch of the mysteries um her sacred animal and this is fucking adorable considering her husband is hades is the bat yeah, I think it's super cute. Like, I wonder if it's more because they eat a lot of fruit. Maybe. I don't know. But it's adorable. It's all, like, I know bats have heavy underworld associations mm -hmm. because of the whole living in caves and whatnot, but I don't know. Uh, I just love bats. 
she is a romantic um it was her pleading and her decision that caused Orpheus's case to be heard and the decision that as long as he didn't look back Eurydice could follow him to the surface but we all know he couldn't not look back yeah. so he lost his wife again um, her sacred plants are grain lily of the valley spring flowers and of course the pomegranate obviously uh, her Roman equivalent is uh, Prosperpina and she's got a lot more wild stories than Persephone <laughs> does I didn't go into those because it is enough different that I just didn't want to go into it I think that's um, fair we can always cover her another time I love Persephone um, a lot of times when I light candles I dedicate the candles to Persephone uh, recently I bought a whole bunch of Persephone jewelry so when I'm doing Persephone work and they're adorable um, it's, I like them a lot it's a beautiful pomegranate necklace the ring I think is the best because uh, it's got um, of course it's got the big uh, pomegranate on it with I think I think it has either four or six stones. I can't remember off the top of my head. And then the sides have skulls. Mm -hmm. And it's really cute. It's lovely. It's a really nice set. Uh, the earrings have still not come in. Yeah, everything came in separately, which was strange. Because yeah, it was I've, all bought at the same time. Yeah, family. I bought them all the same day, and it all came in separately. Um, but I really like wearing those. Persephone has been one of those uh, goddesses that I've liked even before I became a witch. I guess I was always a witch, but, you know, before, before I realized really, it. Yeah. Um, Persephone's always had a really big, like, hold in this household, actually. Like, mm -hmm. I think all of us mm -hmm. really, really like her. I think the first time I ever had a pomegranate was because I had read the myth and I begged our mother to get a pomegranate. I know the reason I continued to beg for pomegranates was because of Persephone. Mm-hmm. Which, they taste fantastic if you've never had them. And believe it or not, pomegranates actually have quite a bit of vitamin C in them. Mm -hmm. So they're very healthy for you. And I can't remember which aspect of it is, but it's very good for fertility. Which yeah. makes sense. She is a fertility goddess. Who oddly didn't have any children with her husband, but she did have children. I mean, you know, it's, it's the Greeks. They always want to punish poor Hades. But this was the Goddess Grove installment. Yes. <laughs> it's a grove of grottos. There we go. Uh, Galena's uh, Goddess Grove. God. <laughs> Galena's Goddess Grotto. About Persephone. I hope she doesn't smite me. <laughs> because this was the most distracted and just rambling section I think I've done in a while. It's been that kind of day, so apologies. You guys you guys are going to have to stick with us. <laughs> All right. So, uh in light of the pandemic, and I've been wanting to do something like this for a while, but um as we all know, it just hasn't quite happened. Um we just wanted to offer you something small that you can do to protect your home from illness, your home and those you love. There's definitely so many ways that you can protect yourselves. 
uh, in a very real physical way, and that's wearing masks, washing your hands uh, before you touch your face, nose, or eyes, you know, which are all on your face. I could have just said face. Um, be very careful when you go out in public. Uh, I know since we're here in the U.S., we're having a lot of issues with masks because people are terrible. But I, I hope that those of you who even aren't having those mask issues in your, your countries or your, your home areas are still being as careful as you can be. Uh, anything that comes into your home from outside, wipe down. Be very careful. Last I heard, it can spread from people to their pets. So it's alarming and scary. And I know that that's not the same thing as like losing, you know, like a, an elderly relative or something but like it's it's still a big one I would feel awful it is a big one um, if Bass died because I brought home the exactly. COVID virus I don't know what I would do I couldn't handle that sort of guilt um, she had a, an infection because she grooms herself too much Yeah. and I thought I was going to die uh, so this is just another small thing that you can do for protection. This is uh, more about intention and magics and fighting off energy. Remember that you have to be active in your physical activities as well to prevent the spread of COVID. Uh, but this is a floor wash. It's a general protection for your home, but we did try to focus more on illness. Um, the suggested ingredients would be white oak, rosemary, lemon, bay leaf, sage, and vinegar. All of, or at least most of these have uh, cleaning and cleansing properties, like they have uh, real physical properties that help with the actual clean, cleaning of things. They also have energy or spiritual cleansing properties. Um, Use the whole herbs to represent your intact health. Slice the lemons into multiples of three or your lucky number if that's different. Uh, boil the lemons, the lemon and the herbs together. Uh, definitely cool it down before you add it to the vinegar, but strain it into the vinegar. Um, you can use it on its own or you can mix it into whatever detergent you use. Uh, I also suggest wearing or keeping nearby a lucky or charmed piece of jewelry or stone. If you're using stone, I would suggest onyx. It's heavily related to health and healing. Um, if your home is carpeted, you can use it on windowsills and doorways uh, just to protect the portals out into the world. And it is good to use immediately. If you do want a stronger result, I do suggest steeping it uh, with the herbs still in it in a jar uh, or a pitcher. We had a discussion about this earlier about how the jar would be easier because you can flip it. Um, but if it if you're keeping it for just a couple of days and not for a long time, definitely if a pitcher is what you have on hand, use a pitcher. You can stir it. Um, the suggested number of days would be the same as the lemon slices, three or your lucky number if that happens to be different. Uh, or until the full moon if you want to wait for there to be a little more energy. Um, and I wouldn't suggest keeping it for more than maybe 15, possibly up to 20 days, because it is mixed with vinegar and that does help, but I would worry. Yeah, I would worry. Um, if you're going to keep it more than just a couple days, definitely refrigerate it. Absolutely, yeah. 
Yeah, and um, once again, this isn't going to, like, you can't use this floor wash and then invite somebody who definitely has COVID into your home and expect nothing to happen. Um, it's just sort of to help protect you a little bit and to help keep your home sealed against uh, illness and bad things. Um, once again, we've talked about this before, don't use magic as a supplement, or ooh, no, you can use it as a supplement, don't use it as a replacement for medical advice. There we go. Yes. I really struggled through that use one. Use it as a boost and a supplement, but always make sure you're following your doctor's orders or recognized medical precautions. Such as WHO or the CDC. Yes. Did, is, did they call it WHO or do they say WHO? I think they, I think like in print it's usually WHO, but I don't know. We're Americans. We don't know things. We, we don't even listen to the CDC Oh as my a whole. God, I know. Uh, not to just hijack this and complain. Um, but I mean, be very careful. Um, like Lyra said, your masking is fantastic. Make sure you're washing your masks in between wears. Mm -hmm. If you can't, like say you woke up too late and you still have to go to work or you have to go somewhere, use hand sanitizer or yeah, straight up alcohol absolutely. to cleanse it. Uh, straight up alcohol will dry faster yes. than hand sanitizer and it will sanitize it. Yeah, and don't completely saturate it if you have to wear it in a few minutes. No. Because some people on this couch are silly and make bad choices. <laughs> Let me just say that if I was given a breathalyzer after wearing that mask, I don't think that I would have passed. I'm genuinely surprised you didn't pass out. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely use your charms, uh, use your tinctures, your cleansers. For the love of God, if anybody tells you that you can use elderberry syrup to fight off COVID, if somebody tell to begin with, if somebody tells you that in person and you think, what would Lyra do? The answer is punch them. Punch them in the throat. They're an <laughs> idiot and they should not spread lies. Now, in all reality, elderberry syrup can help you get better. It can. And it can help with uh, the symptoms of illness, like colds and flus, mm -hmm. you know. It's going to pack about the same punch as, you know, taking a dose of vitamin C. Yep. Which is not a cure-all. Nope. It helps boost your immune, your, your immune system. <laughs> your immune system. But it does not replace medicine. If you have a cough, it may help calm the cough, but it is not going to get rid of your cough. And in most cases, like, I think we talked about taking certain herbal remedies to keep your, your immunity up last year around flu season. Mm -hmm. uh, well, not last year, I guess, year before last, whatever, because this flu season has been real. wild. Um, and, you know, that's true, but COVID's different. It works differently. It's a lot more aggressive, and it has way worse and sometimes permanent effects. So be careful, be smart, and please don't listen to people who don't know what they're talking about. But I think that's all we have for you on this Lyra's Downer segment. <laughs> we'll be back at you with our next topic. All right, well, let's talk about one of my 
favorite topics to rant and bitch about? Gatekeeping. Especially in the magical community. Yeah. Um, there's... There's a lot of things going around saying you're not a real witch unless... You're not a real witch unless you do these specific things. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some main ones that I've written down and I want to talk about. Let's do it. Um, the first one is Love and Light versus a Dark Witch. I'm sorry. If you think that nobody is doing witchcraft, if they're not doing every dark witchcraft thing, which I don't... It's a matter of perspective, and I think a lot of people misrepresent. They do. They do. Um, I'm so sorry that you feel that way. I want to know who hurt you, (laughs) and who told you you were doing witchcraft wrong. Honestly, because it feels like that's probably where it starts. I think so. I think it's a rule that either someone has taught them or they saw on a message board somewhere. And I just want to say, as long as... And, and even this, in a way, is me gatekeeping, but I, I don't... As long as you're not hurting yourself or others, I don't think you can be wrong. Now, if what you practice or what you believe you delve into curses and stuff that's your fucking business you do you yeah we've been clear before that it's it's not our jam yeah it's not our jam until recently (laughs) we we had a personal run-in with a neighbor that um that 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 did make me want to curse them so we're gonna try i'm working through it we're gonna try more of a um I don't know, preventative binding spell, I suppose. Oh, more um, like preventative stuff. I don't know. We'll figure it out as we I'm go. still trying to figure out how to do it so it doesn't violate my own morals. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but I, I just see so many things where it's like, don't throw that love and light at me, bitch, and things like that. And that just makes me upset because while you may be perfectly fine with your dark I wish you guys could see my air quotes because I'm saying it you know say yes I'm saying it yes I'm motioning it every time I say it while you may be there and that's fucking fantastic for you someone else may not be there they may never get there yeah um everyone's path is different your path will take you on so many fantastic and sometimes terrifying roads and like offshoots and like tributaries and streams and then a fucking puddle that you just want to get out of or bask in and the puddle dries up yeah that there's happens. there's so much more to witchcraft and practicing magic and energies and literally anything you can think of to do than just light and dark um for 15 years of my practice 14, 15 years I absolutely refused to do anything with dead people with spirits I was terrified of it that changed recently over the last couple years I've embraced it I've taken it in and I feel like I've grown 
it was correct for me at that time. Had I done it any time before then, I would have scared the living shit out of myself and quit like I did do. Mm -hmm. I've quit several times over the course of my practice because I tried to take on something I wasn't ready for. I'm finally ready for it. I'm in my mid-30s. If it's something that you someday want to get into or you have a gift but you're terrified of that gift, it is okay to not go deeper. It's okay to be a kitchen witch. Absolutely. It's okay to be a love and light witch. It's okay to be a crystal witch and want nothing else to do with it. Your practice is your fucking practice. Do not let anybody invalidate you. If they do, come talk to me. I will pump you the fuck up. You are a beautiful, fantastic witch who is doing their own thing. You broke away from mainstream religions because they didn't fit. Why do you think another person can tell you what you're going to fit into? Exactly. And we've, we've said so many times through the course of this podcast that, you know, your practice is what you make of it. It's yours to decide what you do with. There's, there's no one out there who can tell you for sure the right or wrong way to be a witch. It, and I hate, I hate breaking something as complicated as witchcraft down into binaries like light and dark. Yeah, I know. It pisses me off so much you just it's so difficult for for it to be broken down into just light and dark or even thinking that magic is light and or dark um some people consider spirit work hedge witchery what i do as a dark practice it isn't do you sometimes run into spirits that are angry yes of course because they were once people. They are angry, spiteful, usually not dangerous. I personally haven't run into any of them that are dangerous yet. I'm sure that'll change at some point. But there are also very beautiful parts to it, very light and, and love-filled parts to being a hedge witch. Sometimes you run into an ancestor who does have good intentions towards you. Sometimes you'll run into a stranger who has an absolutely beautiful spirit. Someone you've never met before, but they leave you feeling absolutely fantastic. You may discover things about them, things about yourself, and it's beautiful. It's a practice that a lot of people consider to be dark or on that edge of dark, but, and it's not. Everything is, it's hard to say that any one thing is light or dark. Most people will say that, you know, kitchen witchery is like the quote-unquote fluffy bunny part of, I hate that term. I know. And listen, you can fuck somebody right up with some kitchen witchcraft. I was going to say, yes, you can definitely make stuff to make people feel better, spread love. You can also fucking poison a bitch. Yeah. I mean, especially if it's about uh, setting intention. If you make someone you hate a soup and you just throw all of your hate and ill will towards them into that soup... They're going to get diarrhea. It's not going to be good for them. So... So, refrain from it. Because, you know what? 
when we all started, we all mispronounced things. Oh, yeah. I still pr- mispronounce things all the time. Um, hearth is still a fucking lesson in progress for me. It's it's a hard word. I I only ever read it, and I've said it as hearth for so long. It's fine. It's difficult. It's fine. I hate everything. Uh, learning the difference between an equinox and a solstice still escapes me. I will 110% call something the wrong one. Sometimes I will be looking at my app on my phone that tells me what cycle the moon is in, Mm -hmm. and I will look you in the face and say the wrong thing. I know. And it's adorable. I don't know about that. (laughs) But it's one of those things. There is so much to learn that you will never be done learning it. No. No one is finished no one is all knowing some people know more some people know less if the person who knows more is a dickhole about it you don't need them don't hang out with them they're not cool don't hang out with them and also like no one no one needs there are plenty of people who do but no one needs to go into witchcraft or magic or any sort of spiritual work with the idea of i have to learn as much as i can you can learn what you're comfortable with and then just say fuck the rest if you want as long as you're being, you know, careful and you're not harmful, who cares? Another thing that is very gatekeepery is, like, new and emerging practices, like emoji spells. Yeah, we talked about this one. And they, they do, don't get me wrong, they do, when you first run across them, come off as ridiculous. Because they are a little bit ridiculous. However... The Egyptians used hieroglyphs. Yeah. Celts used... God, what is it? It's pictographic... I I can't remember the word. I get what you mean. I'm sure they do as well. Yes. Runes. Yeah. It's just another way of communicating an idea. And the interesting thing about emoji spells is that they can really circle and gather a lot of intention behind them. Mm -hmm. Like... It comes off a little silly, and I don't know that it's exactly my cup of tea, personally, but, like, it's the same thing as any other intention work. It is. Because almost all witchcraft is intention work. Absolutely. Any spell ingredient that you have is just a representation of that intention to remind you of what your intention is. Yeah. Um, Other emerging practices... um, It, it's hard to say. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's new and coming out and there will always be new and improved maybe for the person who's come up with it it's improved for somebody who's in their 60s and has been practicing their whole life. It's going to seem silly. Yeah. It's it's very hard if you close your mind to new things to accept emerging things. It's just how culture moves. And witchcraft is going to change. Every generation, every couple years, witchcraft is going to change. Absolutely. It's better to keep your mind open. It's better to learn as you go. And if you do have a strict set of morals that you have imposed, somebody else has not imposed upon you, 
but you yourself have decided, I will do everything but this. Fucking fantastic. Yeah. Hold on to those morals until they no longer serve you. If at some point you're like, you know what? I did believe this. This was a no area for me. Now I want to experiment with it. Do it. Yeah, we change and grow as we get older. Yes. It just happens. There's no point in stopping it. Um, my suggestion is to, once again, just be sure that you're mindful. Yes. Be mindful. Think it out. Look at all sides of it before you go through with it. Uh, Tumblr and TikTok witchery. You had a very good point that you brought up the other day that we were going to talk about as far as the Tumblr reblogs. I'm sure you don't remember sure it. That's okay. true. Uh, <laughs> Do you remember it? I don't necessarily remember your point, but I do remember watching. Do people even call it flame wars anymore? Oh, I don't know. We're so very old I'm so, internet. <laughs> I'm so old. Um, I do remember somebody was talking about making rose water, a process I've seen a hundred times, done a couple times myself. Yeah put roses in water, put a bowl in to catch the drippings or the the condensation. Yeah. Yeah. Distillation. I don't know the term. Obviously, I'm very knowledgeable in all of this. Um, But they called it rose water. It is rose water. Um, There went on for, I think, about 32 reblogs of people arguing if it was a tincture, a decoction, a tea, this that it was fucking ridiculous yes all of those words have specific meanings but everybody was attacking each other so forcefully that if I were the original author of the post who was just sharing a day that she spent in her he or she I honestly don't know in their kitchen creating something magical for them to use that they use, they created themselves they know is not going to have any harmful preservatives or anything like that in it got fucking blasted back to the stone age because these people wanted to argue over whether or not this was right and that their way was the only right way and can I say I think at least all three of the things you listed can be applied to rose water at least loosely yes like, uh, I mean, what she was boiling was a rose tea. A tea just means you put shit in water and steep it. Yeah. So what she was boiling was tea. The water she was collecting was just vaporized tea that then dripped into a bowl. And I, I don't know that this is specifically what you were bringing up, but this is a good point. Within witchcraft, there's going to be so... Because it's been around for so long and it's so widespread, there's going to be so many different names or phrasings or even ways to go about accomplishing the same goal. There's no reason to say this is specifically the only right way to do this. You are incorrect. Just, I don't want to boil our whole point here to just chill the fuck out, but like... Come on, dude. Chill the fuck out. For the gatekeepers, yes. Absolutely. Chill the fuck out. When you started, you knew nothing. That's true. Even if you grew up in a household of witches and you're the fourth generation, second degree, whatever the fuck order you belong to. 
You may have grown up in a witchy household, but you didn't know how everything applied. No. Someone still taught you. Someone still shared it with you. No one is born with all of the knowledge. With the exception of somebody who, who's maybe accessed a previous life. But even then, that shit is going to be spotty. Yeah. And you're going to have to fill in the holes. And, like, don't, regardless of, what, of where you are in your practice, don't look at somebody just starting off and be an ass. Like, why would you? How does that make sense? I mean, apart from just getting, like, a, a buzz of superiority off of it. What which is getting? all it is. Yeah. It's you found some little tiny aspect that you can lord over somebody else to feel better about yourself. Believe me, I've been there. Not in witchcraft. Star Wars knowledge, yes. <laughs> I've been a complete asshole to people over it. But it's not worth it to completely turn somebody off from witchcraft, from practicing, from learning herbalism, from learning candle magic, from learning anything. Exactly. Why would you be a dick about it? Don't be a fucking dick. That's one of my, my truest beliefs. Don't be a dick. Commercial. Another point to this in gatekeeping is commercialization. And that's a complicated one. It is. If you are providing a service, you do have the right to charge for it. Some people say, yeah. absolutely not. No charging. If you're charging for it, it's wrong. We live, regardless of where on this earth you live, you live at least somewhat at the heel of consumerism. Mm -hmm. And if someone is asking for fair pay for their work and their time, I'm not going to say that's a bad thing. I, I mean... It's like, say, I went out to the internet because I'm not going to do it in person. Especially right now with COVID. Yeah. But I wanted to do a couple tarot readings. If it's for friends and family, I, I usually don't charge. Even for a stranger, I probably wouldn't charge. But if I'm doing multiple ones, and I don't know, some people don't get drained by it, that's fine. I get fucking drained by it. If I'm doing it for people I don't know, I don't have a connection to, or I don't feel like I absolutely have to do this, even if it's people you know, it's okay to charge them for it. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to. Don't feel guilty about that. Um, if you create magical products, like say you've created a whole bunch of loaded candles, blessed candles, whatever, and you have a surplus of more than what you need, or even you just created them to sell, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Don't let anybody guilt you into that. The only caveat I have in this is if you join a coven, or if you're going to join a practice, but beyond a reasonable set of dues, like, you know, that goes towards upkeep of the coven, buy mm -hmm. supplies for the coven, you know, something that's transparent and you see where the money's going for but say you join at an initiate level well we'll take you on as initiate for free but for you to advance to the next level you've got to pass x y and z and pay us like a hundred bucks yeah, yeah even like 30 bucks you know like but you have to pay to advance or to get to that next level 
that is wrong. That's a red flag. Right That's there. a red flag. Don't buy into that. You cannot pay someone for what you gain from studying whatever your craft might be. Now, say it's a specialized course, and the person, like, say it's specialized, like, say the person in your coven is the candle maker for the coven, Mm -hmm. and they are going to be teaching a course on intro to candle making or something like that, and they charge for it. I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Within our own coven, we probably wouldn't we probably wouldn't charge for it just because we're very close and there's like four of us. We're close knit. There's four <laughs> of us, and the area we come from, it just would we'd be like, why would we charge you for that, sweetheart? Exactly. But, and that's another thing. Like, if you are being taught a skill by someone who knows that skill well enough to teach you, that is a whole different thing. That's fine. Yeah. But if it's well. You've been with us about two years now, and I know you want to know the inner mysteries of the working of the coven, and you want to get invited to the special yeah. celebrations. You're going to have to come in a little bit closer, and you're going to have to pay us here so that you can reach that next degree. That is a cult. Yes. Covens should not have pay tiers. No. Dare to say that's Scientology. Honestly. <laughs> Um, but I mean, use your head. If you feel like you're being cheated, walk away. You know, just walk away. End it. That, Even if that stuff isn't going on, it just doesn't feel right, walk away. That's just general advice, though. That has very little to do with our yeah. actual subject. That's just, especially if you've engaged your own morals and it doesn't feel right. It's going against what you stand for. It don't don't go any farther. Another topic I did want to bring up before we ended this segment, which I've been rambling and just I feel like I've been on just a rant about, is gatekeeping versus cultural appropriation. That's a good one, yeah. There are some times when it is appropriate to be a gatekeeper. If it is a closed practice like Mm -hmm. hoodoo, um, Santeria, something you either have to be invited into or born into to be able to practice that part of religion, practice, witchcraft. That is a different matter. That's a very complicated matter. Um, A friend of mine who is of... uh, Latinx heritage has recently decided that they want to reclaim their identity and become a bruja. That's absolutely fine. They come from that background. Their grandmother taught them a little bit when they were younger. That is an instance where she is absolutely entitled to go in and learn more about it. I'm sure her grandma will be ecstatic Oh yeah, to have her learn about it. If you're a white girl from Ohio who has absolutely no Hispanic, Latin, XYZ roots, and you just wake up one day and you say, I want to be a bruja. That's not... I'm sorry. It's not chill. That's not okay. 
And I mean, if you are doing something and someone from a culture you are not a part of says, hey, that's appropriation, you can't use this as part of your personal practice, I, at the, ver- at the very least, at least do research into it, at least look into it. And respect the culture it came from. Absolutely. It's like recently we've been trying to decide whether or not we can use white sage. It's something that we're going to have to look into. We do have native roots. Mm-hmm. However, we don't have native roots where white sage would have been used. We're also very separated from our native roots. And it's, it's one of those things that we are discussing. I am growing some white sage. Even that, I don't know whether or not that's <laughs> a thing. So it's one of those things that we have to look inside of ourselves and decide, are we being appropriative? We don't use the term smudging. We don't use it for the same thing. Um, recently, I did get some salvia and some regular kitchen and clary sage. Um, those clary sage was used by Celts. We also have a large Celtic um, heritage. It may be more appropriate. It might um, be. We are, it's one of those things we're looking into. It's going to be a tough thing because I am very attached to Sage. I'm very attached to the things it does, the way it makes me feel, but I'm working on it. Um, There's a lot of opposing opinions about it out there. And at the very least, even if we do stop using White Sage, um, I I would assume that we're going to finish the bundles we have because otherwise- It would be a waste. Exactly, so. That's almost the same as the argument of yoga. Yoga is definitely appropriated. Mm -hmm. However, it's so widespread that it's hard to cut it out of everything. Almost every exercise practice has its roots in in yogic things. Like uh, Pilates Mm -hmm. is a version of yoga that the names have been changed to things. Um, a lot of things that are based on Pilates have yoga moves. A lot of things are just referenced, like downward facing dog. 99% of the population knows if somebody says, hey, go into downward facing dog, we all know what that looks like. Yeah. It's one of those things that it's, it's very hard. It's not right, but it's very hard to let go of. I've also, I've seen a lot about yoga and how, um, the exercise practice is not considered too appropriate, but the spiritual practice yes mm-hmm. because that that is a a closed spiritual practice yes so so it's it's one of those things that's also why I, I'm, I'm still sort of um iffy on chakras and stuff you know mm-hmm. but i don't know it's that's another thing that's so widespread though Yes. It's hard to separate from just the greater spiritual community, you know? Yes. But I feel like in a lot of situations, if it's if it's possibly appropriate, talk to somebody from that culture. Get their opinion on it. Now don't just like pigeonhole a friend you pigeonhole. <laughs> don't just corner a friend you have that might be from that culture. Talk to someone who specializes in right. this kind of thing. 
and ask them questions, tell them your feelings, discuss it with them. If you're respectful of their, their culture and discuss it to them that way, I can't say that they'll say, yes, it's absolutely fine for you to continue doing this. But if they tell you this is wrong, you are stealing culture, you're, you know, you're doing this, it's time to reassess what you're doing. But that honestly is the only sort of gatekeeping that is okay, is well, a I don't closed even, practice. I don't even know if I'd consider it gatekeeping, more just defensive, because uh, as white Americans, which is what the two of us are, most of our national culture has been taken from everything and else. stolen and whitewashed to a point where you could hardly recognize it as anything else. It's true. So, it's it's something we have to be specifically mindful about. It is. And it's it's hard when something you're attached to or something that makes sense to you it feels like it's being taken from you, but you just have to understand and listen to the people from the culture it was stolen from. Because if you feel like it's being taken from you, imagine it being stolen from you and used by everyone. And your culture is not benefiting from it. Exactly. But let's wrap this up before we get any more depressing. Yes. Uh, we'll be back. With, we have a spooky story today. Yeah, yeah, with a little bit of a spooky story. All right. Our most recent spooky occurrence. Um, it sort of came out of the blue because usually when we have things happen in the house, there's at least some buildup. Even if it's not stuff we notice, sometimes we'll like talk about something weird that's happened and we're like, ah, oh, yeah, that makes sense. The house has felt strange lately. Um, but uh, two, three weeks ago? I think it was about three weeks ago. Um, our younger cousins, our younger cousins came and stayed with us for a little over a week, I think. Yeah. We um, had a good time, we went yeah. swimming, we... They, uh, they quarantined specifically so they could come over and hang out with us. Um, not that they weren't already, you know, following, like, social distancing rules, but we were very specific, since we have older people living in the house, uh, that they couldn't come into contact with friends, all that, you know, and they, they really, they stuck to it, like, the couple of good kids that they are. Um, and they were able to come over and spend about a week with us. Right now, uh, they're doing that again so they can come over again because they're just the best and I love them. I know. Um, anyway, that's not the point. Uh, we were bringing them back home and, uh, one of our cousins was coming back with us. Um, so we were waiting on her to get some of her stuff together and come back out to the car and I saw something while it was just the two of us in the car, I saw something move behind us in the rear view. Um, and I turned to look just because, you know, I was kind of bored. I didn't think it was anything spooky and I didn't I see anything. it was anything. like a cat or a dog, maybe even a raccoon. Well, I assumed it was a car because oh, of the size. Of how high up yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, so I assumed it was a car and I didn't hear any car noises and I didn't see anything when I turned. So I turned and looked out my window because it was heading that direction. Uh, and I still didn't see anything, and I was like, okay, that was weird. Um, and I, I said to Galena, um, I'm going to get out of the car and look around it to make sure no one's ducking behind it 
because I just saw something move behind our car and nothing came out the other side. She was like, okay. <laughs> Strange, but I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, so I opened my door and I left my door open. Um, and I went to walk around the car and nothing was behind the car. Nothing was at the side of the car. I was about to come around and check the hood, but I got up to her window, uh, which she had lowered. And so we could talk about the weirdness uh, and as I was saying, I don't see anything so far. Uh, my door slammed shut. Yeah, so the passenger side door, like front passenger door, just slammed front. Or slammed, slammed closed. Yes. Um, we were on level ground. No incline. Um, and it wasn't like a gradual thing. It just slammed shut suddenly. And my doors don't really do that unless you're on an incline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then, they don't really do... Because even we're, when we're on our very steep incline over here in the, the driveway, um, which I guess it's not crazy steep, but still, they, they just sort of, like, they lazily close. Yeah, it They're just like, very Whoa. slowly closes. Yeah. This just went bonk. Yep. Um, it was very, very off-putting. Um, and there was nothing else around the car. There was nothing under the car because I'm a crazy, paranoid person. Um, and I would check that sort of thing. And I got back into the car, and we were listening to things, and we were sort of trying to chill out. And we were like, yeah, it just doesn't feel like we're alone right now. I made the joke that something was going to hitch the ride with us. Lear got really uncomfortable. Uh, and then just because I, I couldn't put my finger on it, it just, I, I could not identify what it was or what its intentions were. And as we all know, I have a great fear of the unknown. Um, and, uh, at some point before our younger cousin came back out with, uh, with her stuff, whatever it was, the energy just left. The car suddenly felt like a normal, empty car again, and I don't know what happened. Because, <laughs> like, it's not like we were trying to get anything to leave, we were just sort of joking about it, and then the, it just sort of dissipated, it went away. It was very strange. Uh, it definitely felt like somebody got in the car next to me and was just sitting in that seat mm -hmm. until Lyra got back in the car, and then it felt like it shifted to the back seat. Yeah. It was it was strange. Uh, it wasn't, like, negative, like, oppressive no. or anything like that. It was just a little strange. Uh, it was the first time I've had something like that happen with Lyra in the car. Yeah, I know, right? Like, usually it's nothing that pronounced when we're together. And I know you've had car experiences. Well, I had this huge chunk of quartz crystal I bought at a festival. And like an idiot, I didn't, I didn't cleanse it. And I left it in my purse for like a week. And I even joked about how heavy my purse was because I had it in there. And I know there are going to be some of you out there who are like, oh, that doesn't happen. It's too heavy. Listen, I traveled around with a literal sack of rocks in my purse. And I'd be like, oh, God, why is this so heavy? And then I'd be like, oh, right, all those rune stones. <laughs> I have to carry a small purse, otherwise I do what I did then. I just keep packing stuff in my purse. Mm -hmm. The purse I have now is a fairly large purse. There's three cans of soda in it. <laughs> Sometimes you forget. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, I mean, it's diet soda, but I mean, that doesn't make it any lighter. I'm right now carrying a very cheap Eda bag. Um, and it just, 
I hate it. I want another big bag. I don't care how many things I forget are in it. I want a weekender or like a messenger bag. I hate not having a giant shoulder like crossbody bag. <laughs> I hate it. If I can't fit emergency supplies in my bag, what am I even doing? But uh, to get to get back to what I was saying, Sorry. I had this huge chunk of quartz, and I'd say it weighs like a pound. If not Absolutely. a pound, like it's definitely more than a pound, I think. Um, sitting in my bag, hadn't cleansed it, just picked it up at the festival, and I was driving home. I think I was working late then. Was it like I was working like nine p.m. or so? So it was dark because it was November-ish. Um, and at some point, it felt like the hair on my arm raised, and I looked over, and there was a man sitting in the seat next to me. I almost wrecked. I almost drove off the road. I righted the car. I was like, huh! Ah! And then he just dissipated. Weird shit happens. Came home and cleansed that crystal. Yeah. And it's, it's such a nice, lovely, positive oh, I, addition to the house. I love it. But I mean, sometimes things happen. And since it was a clear quartz crystal, it acts as a booster. Yeah. So if it was a spirit who maybe wasn't that strong, normally I probably wouldn't even notice they were in the car. It just got that little zap from the quartz crystal and I saw it for a second. Yeah, it happens. On a, on a vaguely related note, I'm so sorry if I go off on a tangent. I mean, I'm sorry that I'm about to go off on a tangent. <laughs> um, in the list of things on TikTok that I find ridiculous because there there's a lot. Um, but it's that that filter um oh, the spirit filter yeah um i don't know that there's much to that personally because i don't i don't know what causes the the filter to work the way it does and because sometimes it doesn't work on people that's true but they i did see <laughs> i did see a really interesting uh video where this girl was showing her like charged crystals and her hematite ring and stuff like that and it all had like the the aura and stuff and then she just showed normal stuff like she showed a pin that was basically the same color and it was shiny like the the ring and it didn't pick up on anything and it it was it was pretty cool um like I said I I call for the ghost hunting videos that use that I kind of call BS just because I don't know what makes that filter function, so I can't <laughs> sit there and be like, yes, this makes sense. But it was, a, it was a neat video. I do have a question for our listeners. Would you like to have us go ghost hunting on an episode? I, we've talked about this on and off. Because we've talked about maybe doing it. Um, maybe getting some equipment or borrowing some equipment and doing like a ghost hunting episode. Let us know. Um, I really want to do it. You say that. No, I know. I know. You say that and then something's going to show up and you're going to be fucking done. I'm not going to be done. I'm going to be scared. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing. Like, I'm going to be excited now. I'm going to be afraid while it's happening. Even if we find nothing, I'm going to be afraid. afraid. (laughs) That's going to happen regardless. And then I'm going to be excited again after. It's a fear sandwich. (laughs) And as long as fear is only the middle part, I'm fine. (laughs) I think it would be very interesting because sometimes we'll just be sitting in our house. And for me, my ghost tell is usually just a patch of hair on my arm goes Mm -hmm. up. Or I'll get like a little bit of a headache. 
and then suddenly something is there either in the corner of my eye or whispering in my ear or I get I get a little bit of a headache sometimes um, but it, it is with the ears specifically it's like my ears just tune into everything and I'm suddenly hyper aware mm-hmm. but it's like that night when I was just trying to fix dinner and I apologize I've told this story on uh, on this show before I was just trying to fix dinner one night and the fan wasn't on because it was the middle of the winter like the overhead fan and I did have the cabinet door open because I was going to grab a bowl and it just started wiggling back and forth. Shit happens. And I looked over at it and I was like, please, can I just make dinner? I was like, I will make some spirit tea and we can talk, but just let me make dinner. And I did. And I don't know what it was trying to tell me, but I saw like a form. So, I mean, it was, it was heard. It was experienced. But, like, and they do, spirits do usually chill out once they feel like they've been heard or they have someone who is willing to listen. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's what most spirits want. I think it is. Like, even if you don't help them with whatever it is they need help with, as long as somebody recognizes that they heard them, and as long as they didn't die a horribly traumatic death, a lot of times that's all they need. Yeah. And we've said this before when we've said stuff like this. There are negative spirits. There are bad spirits. There are things that I don't think are actually people <laughs> out there um, doing things and wreaking havoc. So you just have to be careful. You do. Just be careful in everything that you do. Um, if you do decide to go into spirit work, um, you know, work on developing a spirit guide. I still don't technically have one. But I do have one. Any psychic that I've talked to, one came up to me. There's an old lady yeah. that has attached herself to me. I like to think that it's Georgie. Yeah, we definitely think it's a relative, at least, but I think so. The way she was described as wanting my marble reds yeah. out of my purse. I know we originally thought it was one of our like great aunts or something, mm-hmm. but it, the more we've learned about Georgie, the more it seems... So I think I think it's our I think it's our great grandma. Um who was just a witch. Like, finally witches. She's then. like, Oh my god. It took so it long. Took two generations to get a girl and they're both witches. Fantastic. <laughs> That's true because all she wanted were, were girls. Yeah, she wanted girls. She was very upset that her sons didn't give her any girls. And then uh when our uncle had children, because a couple of our our cousins are, well, for Lyra, they're a lot of years older than yes. her. I think the one closest to her is like 15 years older than her, 16. I've never sat down and do, done the math, but probably. Um, but the ones she lived to see, basically, were all boys. And she was very upset by that. She just wanted a granddaughter. And I think it was to pass down her knowledge. I think so, too. I'm very upset that that she wasn't around longer one of us didn't come earlier yeah well I know the day I was born our grandpa told mom that she was very lucky that Georgie wasn't alive because Georgie would have liked her yeah but Georgie would have stolen me yes (laughs) she did do that (laughs) steal children I mean um she gave them back once once. Oh, I'm sorry. She she also only stole them once. That um, we know of. But she did give it back. Yes. I'm just saying, like, I... It was a little girl. No guarantees. Dark-haired little girl, too. Mm-hmm. That's all she wanted. 
dark haired granddaughter. Um, anyway. <laughs> Let's stop talk- telling horror stories about our ancestor. But no, um, you know, spooky stuff is spooky. Even when you're used to it, it's still a little spooky. Um, learning how to deal with it is fucked up. It is. Absolutely. Uh, when you realize something that's happening to you is a spirit communicating, it is both good because you understand how they communicate and very bad because you realize it's been going on your whole life. Mm-hmm, that's true. Um, so, I mean, just keep a journal. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a keep really Keep a journal good... of occurrences. Um, reach out to people. You can talk to us. Uh, we're still learning how oh, yeah. to deal with it. Uh, slowly and not very well. <laughs> like I said, I've only recently accepted that that's what's going on and allowing it to happen. And to be fair, I've talked to my doctor about it. I'm not schizophrenic. Last doctor I told about it, the most recent one, she was like, that happens sometimes. Yeah. Because I even asked her, could it be a side effect of my anti-anxiety medicine? She was like, no. I mean, there's there's genuinely a lot of doctors out there that believe there's just... Everybody's just people. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know... You'll know the difference between a delusion. Because delusions are Mm -hmm. too good to be true. See, I don't know that that's a a great metric for measuring it. Because I've had a lot of scary, spirity delusions uh, in the past. Um, But as I've said on this show before, they do feel different. Yeah, it feels different. For me, I'm saying it feels too good to be true. That, That, and horrible to be true mm, okay like that me saying too good was just too real like it's a fully formed i'm not explaining it well we'll have to sit down and yeah. really parse this out um but you know reach out to other people um you can see a lot of people on on all kinds of apps tumblr tiktok people talking about what they've seen what they've experienced reach out to them yeah Usually they're just as alone as you are. Oh, yeah. And connect with them. Talk about it. Be wary, but talk about it. Absolutely. Um, but oh, I think that's... One more thing oh, okay. before we go. I'm so sorry. Um, our neighbors, as we talked about, we are kind of feuding with a neighbor. Um, I oh, think, right. in general, our neighbors are no longer as weirded out by us. Which is a shame. Um, send us suggestions for what you think we should do to make them weird out, weirded out. Like, it doesn't even have to be real witchcraft stuff. I'm willing to do, like, movie witchcraft stuff just to, just to get them to stop talking to us. Yeah, that would be great. Because, like, uh, the neighbors that know us, we talked about this before, the neighbors that know us. No, we're harmless. Yeah, they, they don't really care. We also don't mind them. They're fine. Um. One of our next door neighbors I absolutely love. Oh, absolutely. Oh, one of them across the street best neighbors you could ask for in the world yeah uh and the newer neighbors i i don't know they've seen us do weird shit and they're not as spooked out as i think they should be (laughs) they should leave us alone (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm all for community. I just don't want to have to be friends with my neighbors. <laughs> I just, some of them, I just, I don't care to know. That's fair. I mean, this is America. We don't talk to our neighbors anymore. Two of our neighbors consist of a crazy woman who yells at people on her cell phone on her front porch all day. Uh, and this isn't like a specific neighbor, but there's a house that's just constantly full of interchangeable college kids. I don't want either of them to talk to me. Either household. It, they're yeah. fine. I'm not against them living close to us. I just don't want to have to, like, talk to them. <laughs> I want them to be weirded out. Yeah. We've already talked about putting skulls everywhere, so. That, that's an idea. I like that idea. I do, too. I think we need more skulls. We just put a fence up so that'll keep them out of the yard. So. Yeah. Because people were just cutting through our yard. But yeah, no, just give us suggestions suggestions to what you think we can do to weird out our neighbors. Now, once again, remember, we constantly do, like, candlelit rituals in our driveway. And, like, hold spiritual bonfires regularly. Yeah. I, we saged our planting beds. Yeah. We saged our pool. I, <sighs> that, I mean... We turned our entire pool into, like, a container of moon water one night. Yeah. And had an absolute fantastic ritual in our pool. I just... I don't know what else we have to do to be known as those weird people and be left alone. So, yeah, send us your, uh... Send us your... Your suggestions. Yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> so, in review... Let us know if you want us to do a ghost hunting with... Uh, uh, episode, which we will not be disrespectful. No. Oh no. You see those people yelling at ghosts, or like, getting a response and then not fucking talking to the ghost that's talking to them? Like, what? No. It will be respectful. Two, give us suggestions on how to weird out our neighbors. And three, stay spooky. And keep your tits up.